0: Welcome to the Tamron Learning Podcast, where host Dr. Kirby Ross Plock speaks with experts on many topics relevant in the ultra high net worth family wealth management space. Kirby is author of several books, including The Complete Family Office Handbook, and shares her expertise consulting with families and family offices. Kirby is also the founder of Tamarin Learning, an online wealth education platform that develops practical foundational learning programs for beneficiaries to help them prepare for responsible stewardship of wealth.
1: Welcome to the Tamarin Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirby Rosblock, and today I'm thrilled to be talking about family banks with a leading expert in the field. Today we have Warner Babcock, who has been a successful family business CEO, board member, family council member, and a trustee of many family trusts controlling family businesses, investments, and special needs trusts. Warner also built three successful businesses on his own, one in manufacturing and two in service companies prior to co-founding NIFEC in 2014. In 2010, he began teaching family business courses to undergraduates and MBA students as an adjunct faculty member at SUNY's Baruch College. He's an FFI fellow, NACD governance fellow, and a member of attorneys for family-held enterprises. Mr. Babcock has published articles in Accounting Today, Family Business Magazine, Trust and Estates, and been featured in the New York Times about family banks and intrafamily financing. Mr. Babcock also holds an MBA degree from Emory. So we are thrilled to have Warner here today. And I also personally feel connected to Warner because my family heritage namesake is Babcock, a very unusual surname. So on this day, it's especially wonderful to have you here, Warner. And I'm talking about the topic that we love so much, which is family banks.
0: Well, thank you, Kirby, and I'm very excited about uh, sharing our thoughts, um, you know, with uh, people who are interested in helping the next generation. Um, so this is uh, one of the most exciting uh, topics I'm very passionate about. So,
1: fantastic. Well, let's let's kind of get into it, and maybe we can just start with the basic, which is, you know, what exactly is a family bank? Because I don't know that, you know, I can't make the assumption that everybody has experienced one but obviously you wrote in the complete family office handbook two one both the first and second chapters on family banks so i think this is a great opportunity just to socialize so let's start there
0: so a family bank is um really a structure or process uh for families um you know to fund other family members and the funding coming comes from the families and um it's really used primarily for Uh, as a resource, and it's not just for financial purposes, but also it is to help build human capital. Um, And in the long run, um, this is a holistic approach, um, which is um, something where a family bank can play a a real key role. Um, And especially with uh, having uh, an emphasis on wealth creators rather than wealth users. And, but there are a lot of problems associated with interfamily financing. So uh, the whole idea of a family bank, and in many cases you wanna set up an entity is to bring some discipline to it. So, um, you know, that's what the family bank does among other things.
1: Well, that's actually a great segue kind of for my next question. I know in the book chapters, you've discussed a lot about how different, right? uh, Families might approach a family bank. You actually tease out sort of two different concepts. one on a hard bank versus a soft bank. Can you just share more your thoughts on how they vary?
0: Sure. Uh, so really, if you look at different families, um, there's some families that are very financially oriented um, and investment oriented. And, and where they get their most pleasure in life is to have a lot of capital in terms of financial capital. And uh, some of their metrics they use for measuring success is more oriented towards um, you know financial success. Um, So when you look at a family bank, uh, we really call that, um, you know, a hard bank um, in terms of the way it's structured and setting up goals and objectives and uh, engaging and supporting the next generation to achieve those uh, financial goals. Um, When it comes to, um, on the other end of the spectrum, families who are really most interested in uh, having the next generation or future generations, Um, develop their own human um, capital, um, and that could be, you know, uh, everything from behavior to, um, you know, having their their personal passions achieved and so forth, um, and to really develop into, um, you know, full people when it comes to uh, people skills and all the other different things that have to do with the non-financial capital. And those banks are structured a little bit different um, where the metrics um, and the goals are set up to help advance the next generation towards those um, sort of softer issues. Um, So I think, you know, those are both extremes, but when you put together a family bank, many times um, it's best to think about how do you balance those two things, um, which you can achieve both, um, but in different degrees. And so that we try to classify, just for the sake of terminology and orientation, these two different types of banks, hard bank and soft bank. Um, I love
1: it. Yeah, no, I think it's really helpful because what I'm hearing you say is that a hard bank might have more um, structure, more policies um, that are financially driven, more based on the bottom line. Um, And not to say that a soft bank doesn't have those as well, but the emphasis or maybe the purpose of why you set one up you know, there might be slightly different expectations on how a, a family member engages and works with the bank, what things that might be funded, what are the expectations on the return of capital um, and the stringent nature of, you know, returning capital on a certain time timeframe, um, those sorts of things. So, you know, maybe you can, maybe we should go one step deeper and just talk about how that evolution process happens, where families start and then sort of how they evolve over time
0: well i always like to start um in in talking about family banks um, for those who haven't been through this um is to start small and actually early on um to develop one's own um you know characteristics and personal development and in having a sense of um responsibility accountability and so forth so you can easily do that by providing small, simple loans. Um, and you can set up a structure, or not set up a, str- a structure, but the idea is to start small and simple and um, you know develop something uh, that works for you, for your family. And the next one is to try to look as the individuals grow um something a little bit more complicated and, and more meaningful um and complex and that might be a longer term loan um towards some project or you know it could even be something else that um you know the family wants to do or the family member wants to do in terms of a uh, a new venture in college or something like that um, and then from that um, family if they're already familiar with in fact uh, direct equity investments um or they're later in life and more sophisticated in terms of investments and there's an interest in applying families uh, capital to other ventures or internal ventures and so forth Um, they can take on something more complex like a direct equity oriented uh, family bank and then um As time goes on, and this gets really much more um, complicated and sophisticated, but there are many family businesses um, that are used to operating companies and understand how they work, both not only the financial part, but also the governance and everything else and uh, market share um, acquisitions and so forth and um, just all the different things that go into operating businesses that they can get into uh, bringing that core competency into um, engaging in larger complex transactions, um, whether they be real estate or manufacturing companies or even uh, financial products or something like that. Um, so those kind of um, family banks set up with those, you know, types of complex um, transactions and activities will require a lot more um, in going into uh, setting up the, the family bank itself. Um, to meet that, that complexity. So the idea here is to start small, simple, over time, um, work towards the goal, and it may be just you know long-term loans, but if it does go all the way to complex transactions, um, uh, make sure that it's well thought out rather than j- just jumping into that um, with uh, pretty lofty expectations that might get you into trouble.
1: Wise advice. I mean, I think that brings us to... The genesis. I mean, where people typically start um, and what are some of the best practices on getting started, setting up a family bank? Because again, I, I think there is no clear roadmap. And oftentimes, families are borrowing from insights from other families, you know, from counselors and um, experts like yourself. And tell us a little bit more about what you've seen work well. Um, I know you've got five uh, principles too that sometimes can help
0: right so i think you know with families that um have run off and i like to take the little side story here for a second um and and let's say the parents want to do uh something really terrific for the next generation and they spend a lot of time with their attorneys and accountants and so forth and advisors and form a family bank and then announce it to the family um Although there may be a a lot of excitement for that type of thing, um, that can easily get you into trouble um, because it may be misaligned with those who are going to be receivers of this wonderful gift, if you will. Um, So this is why I think one of the top principles among the five is to democratize the process, and that is open it up, um, engage the next generation early um, educate them about the benefits, the disadvantages, and be very realistic about the risks. Um, I mean a successful family bank uh, in, in, in its initial structure and goals and, and documentation policies um, you know could be uh, looking very good, but um, in the end, the family member might uh, find that, The experience has been great, but there, you know, there's some reputational risk and confidence risks that could uh, result in um, really uh, affecting the the individual for the life. So the idea is to help er educate everybody about all these different issues and, uh, you know, include some uh, principles, um, you know, with uh, developing a healthy bank system, uh, much like a family business system Mm. uh, is a great, great early step and then um, spend time and be patient, um, don't rush it, um, and have the family members' interests, needs, uh, and the options and all these sort of things on the table. Uh, You know, this is all under active communication and, and a good exchange and so forth over time, and everybody in the family may be in different stages of life and risk profile and and that includes maybe their spouses and so forth so um, these are not things to be taken lightly Um, and then develop the the actual system Um, try to memorialize in some form the value the mission the vision objectives and goals of the family bank whether it's a hard bank or soft bank or the combination thereof and then bringing family governance how decisions are made Um, you know if it's an LLC or uh, C Corp or something like that, um, you know, that's going to have some kind of governance. And then if it's going to have, if it's going to be driven by trusts um, and trustees and so forth, making sure everybody's on the same page and understanding how decisions are made, uh, but also provide independent oversight, have some outside family members, you know, be involved in this to take some of the emotion out of some of the key decisions. Um, and then developing some kind of policies and processes if. If fund, more funding is required, or uh, the, the the venture, or whatever their funding is not working out well, um, how do you how do you work that out? Um, do you, how much do you take into account um, that things are going to fail, and that you know if they don't if they fail, um, you know are you going to be hard about it, um, or are you going to be actually uh, using it as a learning experience and helping them along? Um, and then you really want to a group of advisors um, to make sure that the legal entity, the tax issues um, and some of the, um, you know, let's say uh, joint decision-making um, processes are in, in, in good shape um, and you're getting good advice so that, um, you know, when you kick off the family bank, um, you know, it's, it's something that's well thought out and you don't get yourself into tax problems um and you don't get yourself into some situation where you can't unwind it easily if it needs to be unwind wound yeah so
1: those are great uh th- thank you warner that's really helpful just to kind of walk through the beginning stages um because i get asked that a lot about okay we're conceiving this but we don't really know where to begin the process and i love that you brought in one of the principles, democratize, because oftentimes great ideas like this might be driven by one generation and not necessarily fully embracing, um, you know, the stakeholders that it's trying to enfranchise. So I think it's really powerful to vet the concept with those that you're hoping are applying for loans or potentially cash infusions of equity into um, enterprises or things at the building so that you don't run down the, the track and realize that um, you know <laughs> some of the cars on the train were left back at the station. Right. Um, so I, I think that's really, really helpful. Tell us a little bit more about when you think a family business bank works the best. I mean, when, when does it really seem to fit into a family office structure or an enterprise enterprising kind of family?
0: So, I'd I'd like to start by saying first, um, if your family is, you know, uh, a bit, um, let's say, undeveloped or dysfunctional in terms of um, not having good relationships and don't work together and so forth, that's not something that you should look upon at the family bank to bring everybody together and and solve that problem. Um, So, I'd be very careful about, you know, um, going forward with a family that doesn't seem to be. There yet. Um, so when a when a um, family bank is set up and and the expectations for it to be to work out um, well um, are are you know understood, um, then I think you know we've got the social, intellectual, and financial parts of the family um, working well. Um, you know the goal is really clearly focused on the next generation and their passions and Mm -hmm. um you know that the roles and responsibilities are very much um understood and well Mm -hmm. defined and there's clear accountability um and then there's Mm -hmm. a lot of trust and it just doesn't mean on the trust on the front side and respect and and um you know there's good understanding of uh the purpose of the family bank but you know, it's something that, um, you know, throughout the process of the family bank formation and thereafter, that is, that is always kept in mind that you're reinforcing those aspects, that there's respect and trust and so forth. You do not want a family bank left in the hands of a trustee or two trustees or over-dominating um, and, um, you know, really feel empowered and not listening and so forth. So, um, again, you want to be, you know, about democratizing as being a very important part and then family banks don't work out sometimes and neither do uh some of the ventures or ideas that the family members want to undertake that you know they've gotten some money from the family and um so there should be well um you know uh considered efforts to uh determining what should you do what should be done up front to structure a uh, the bank or any deal, if you will, um, you know, in terms of its exit, or you're dissolving it. Um, A lot of people go into deals and don't think about that, but that's really, really important. Um, And it's also how to monetize um, if there is a a goal to do that um, beyond, um, you know, um, let's say just flipping an asset, but more, um, you know, somebody wants to get out of the family, out out of their venture, um, you know. So, and the other part is, you know, successive succession planning, transition planning is really important because if you go into a family bank, a lot of effort goes into forming it and and to um, uh, helping it succeed through one generation. But once it gets up and running and it does well, um, there should be some really good thought about how, how does it um, uh, pass on to transition on to the next generation? and uh so the governance should be in place but also all the other things that go into you know uh preparing the you know successors and so forth much like a family business and that goes for the trustees as well as um you know uh other people who are making decisions and how the next generation is going to be using the the family bank um so in that he wants to flexibilize the family bank so it can be adjusted over time and so forth and then lastly um If there's not good tax legal advice, I mentioned before, or or tax and estate planning, Mm -hmm. um, or even investment advice along for another round, if you will, or another um, set of funding um, in reviewing the documents, and maybe you're bringing in a bank for loans and so forth. But if these things are not really uh, well thought out, um, they can trip up a family bank um, easily. Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of things that, you know, you want to make sure that um, they're considered well
1: these are great insights and thank you so much I'm so grateful to call you up here a friend um, esteemed colleague you know Warner Babcock has done you've done so much for our field so it's great to share your wisdom on family banks of course you write a lot more in chapter 13 so for anyone who wants to hear more of um, Warner's thoughts we co-authored Uh, Family Entrepreneurship and Family Banks and the Complete Family Office Handbook. So there's a lot more you can download there. Um, Wonder, thanks so much for being on the Tamron Learning Podcast today. It's been great having you here.
0: Great, thank you, Kirby, and I enjoy it. And uh, I would recommend reading the book. There's um, five other additional principles or five principles in there that'll really help guide you through the process too. So thank you, Kirby.